You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. Can y'all switch gears with me and get a little teaching? Can y'all switch gears with me and get a little teaching? Hallelujah. And don't forget next week. Uh, you won't want to miss. All right. Galatians, I, I promise you, you won't want to miss. Galatians chapter 5. Um, let's look at verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of our flesh. So when we get born again, we are three-part being. First Thessalonians 5.23, you are a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, your will, emotions, and you live in a body. Um, you, in order to stay here on the earth, your body needs to be alive. So you, the real you though, lives on the inside. Your body's not the real you. Your soul's not the real you, but your spirit, man, that part of you that's eternal. Uh, it, you know, when you got born again, eternal life began. Eternal life doesn't begin when you go to heaven. Eternal life begins, um, in God when you're born again. But really, um, I believe at conception, um, when, uh, when you're in your mother's womb is when God knows you. That's really when eternity begins for whoever was in their mother's womb. And so because of that, when God knows us in our, mother, our mother's womb, um, we, we become a spirit being then. And so uh, what you have to understand then is, though, that when you're born again, uh, your flesh didn't get born again. I wished he would have. I wished he would have, but we know it didn't because of the fall. But your spirit man is alive. And, and your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, you can do something with that, right? How many know we're supposed to renew our mind? Not remove it, renew it. Right? Your soul. How many know in life, your soul can get banged up along the way? Can it not? And so, you know, back in when I first came into a spirit filled living, uh, there was a group of people always talking about, you need your spirit healed. And so it sounded kind of funny to me. And then I came to find out that nobody really needs their spirit healed. Well, my spirit's wounded. No, it's not. Your soul's wounded. Your spirit, because see, if you start down talking your spirit, then it's going to mess you up. Your spirit's fine. It's created in the likeness and image of God. It's good. Your soul... Your soul, you need to renew your mind. But also, if you've had some things go on in your past, you can get your soul damaged. But aren't you grateful? Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And the psalmist said, he restores my soul. So see, you can get your soul fixed. Get your mind renewed. Get your soul healed. And, and, and it'll also affect your emotions. And then your body. Paul said, I keep my body under less when I preach to others. Paul's a pretty good preacher. Paul has had revelations of the Lord. If Paul's got to keep his body under, then you and I have got to keep our body under. And that's where the battle is. And so this, though, you know, um, I, I started, I want to introduce something to you because um, everybody can get into very works things about everything. And even keeping your body under, uh, you can get into a very works mentality about doing that. And there is uh, that side of it. But if you start there, you're going to get very frustrated and you're going to give up. Many people are backslidden today because they were not taught right. And when, when their flesh wanted to do something, they thought they failed God. 
When, when the, that, that desire, because some people, you know, they got delivered and that desire, they didn't ever want to do that again. Well, that's great, but that doesn't happen to everybody. And they feel guilty if it didn't happen to them. And yet you can walk in total, complete victory. There is no excuse to yield to your flesh. So here it begins to tell us that if you'll walk in the spirit, what does it mean to walk in the spirit? Well, in our circles too, I want to repeat this again because I'm slowing down on Wednesday nights and I just want to try to get you everything. So, so walking in the spirit in our circle, in, in um, spirit-filled uh, you know, circles, I think it becomes something that it's not. And so to a lot of people, when you say, man, we were really, because right, just right then, what we were, man, we were really in the spirit. That, that was in the spirit. Well, it was in the spirit, but it was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And just because you're not having a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, or, or someone gave a tongue and an interpretation, or what I, we were doing, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that was given by the Holy Ghost. So yes, we were in the Spirit, but, but that's not um, living in the Spirit. That's not walking in the Spirit. That's cooperating with the Holy Ghost and manifesting the Holy Spirit which there's a big difference to. So sometimes in our circle, you know, somebody who prophesies, wow, they were really in the spirit. Well, really they yielded to the spirit. And every one of us who are born again believers can yield to the Holy Ghost. He can use each and every one of us in the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. And yet walking in the spirit is something that if I can only do that, if I can only walk or, or be in the spirit on Sundays and Wednesdays, that's about three hours for most of us. You, not me. That's about three hours. I have a whole lot more than I do. I have more opportunity than you do. But really, for most people, that's three hours. How many of you think that would be um, very hard to get everything that God has for you if you can only walk in the Spirit three hours a week? You know, we get out Pastor Rhonda's yarn and do your whole week with yarn. And if we took three hours out of it, you couldn't really get very far if that's all you could walk in the Spirit, if that's what it was. But that's not what it is. John 6, 63, Jesus said, uh, he, you know, he talked about uh, walking. Let me, let me just read it to you. It's not in my notes, but let me read it to you. John 6, 63. John 6, 63. Because what, what is walking in spirit? Is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So it's talking about spirit and flesh. The, the flesh profits how much? There are these words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So the word of God, when you, when you are, when you're receiving the word of God, or when you're speaking the word of God, you're in the spirit. Cause Jesus said, my words, they're spirit and life. And then you can pray in the spirit, not just in other tongues, but you can pray in your known tongue, English or Spanish or French or Chinese. You can pray in the spirit, not just out of your head. And then praying in the Holy Ghost is obviously praying in the spirit. Jesus said this to the woman at the well in John chapter four. He said, the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers shall worship me in spirit and in truth. Again, if you're going to get in the spirit, you got to have truth. So not all worship is in the spirit. Some of it's just singing. Some of it's just singing. Some of it's just singing. Doesn't matter how many lights you put with it, it's still singing. Doesn't matter if you get a fog machine with it, which I'm not opposed to. They have one in the youth, but we're not having one here. But anyway, um, but I'm not, <laughs> fake haze, I'm not looking for. I'm looking for the real stuff. I've seen the real stuff. I don't need the fake stuff. That's me personally. Not opposed to them having it. It sets a great atmosphere. It's kind of cool. But but in spirit and truth, those who worship me shall worship me how? In spirit 
And so in order to get in the spirit, Hebrews 13, 15, by him, who's the by him? I believe that's by the Holy Ghost. By him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. That doesn't mean praising God when you don't feel like it. That means give God your highest and best. What is the highest and best? The fruit of your lips, giving thanks unto his name. So what is he expecting? He's expecting the word of God to come back to him. And that'll put you in the spirit by him. And so walking in the spirit, all these ways then are walking by the spirit. So you can do that. You can do that while you're driving a car. You can do that while uh, you're grocery shopping, while you're cutting the grass. You can do that while you're playing golf. Uh, you can do that uh, while you're um, at work, you know, sometimes. I mean, there's way, different ways. To, you can do that while you're taking a walk. You can do that while you're at the gym. You can do that. You, so you can be in the spirit all the time. John the Revelator said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That doesn't mean he was prophesying. That means he was more aware of spiritual things than he was natural things. How many think we ought to live more aware of spiritual things than natural things? And if we're going to be aware more of spiritual things than natural things, according to Jesus, then we're going to have to be meditating the word of God. And you've, been, you've never come into a time such like as now that you must be meditating the word of God all the time. You must, still, you must be very aware of the things of the Spirit. You must be very aware of what's going on around you. Why? Because it's always been bad, but if not, according to Galatians chapter 5, then it says if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. Now, one of the things about getting born again and being born again is great and getting filled with the Holy Ghost is great and speaking in other tongues, but it does, does not automatically mean your flesh is under control. As a believer, you can still walk in the flesh. Not Wednesday night people, but any other kind of people. You can still walk in the flesh. Amen. Now, this is going to be, you know, I really want to help you with some things. Uh, I'm going to try to give you what the Lord has given, given me to give you. Um, and, and I believe it will be a great help to you. You may not run around the room tonight, but you might run around later. Because when this starts working in your life and you see it, again, we're not trying to do things just in our own strength. I'm not talking about willpower. I'm talking about God power. And when I talk about, the, so it says here that, again, that walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Everybody say that. Say, I'll walk in the spirit and I'll not fulfill the lust of my flesh. Verse 17 says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. And you cannot do the things that you would. In other words, your flesh fights you no matter how spiritual you think you are or you really are. Your flesh fights you. That's why you got to subdue it. That's why you got to keep it under. My spiritual father said you should let nothing in your flesh ever dominate you. In other words, your flesh should never have to say, I need this. I want this. You know, it, 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 you're compelled to do it. Whether that's a cup of coffee, a coconut cream pie, oh, Shandai, um, I got lost just a second. You know when you say things, how they appear in front of you. My mouth, I, I'm sorry, I, it's, that's my favorite piece of pie. Don't anyone get me one? I'm not having any. Where was I? Oh, we're in the flesh. We just got in the flesh. I just see the Lord's here. It's like, it's like Peter, you're this Christ, the son of the living God. And then he said, no, you can't go to the cross. Get behind me, Satan. I mean, honestly, your flesh, you deal with it all the time. I wasn't playing just then. I said coconut cream pie and I had a picture and my mouth reacted. I'm just being as honest. I'm being real with you. So it's just that real. And so people wonder, how are they so spiritual and how could they get off and get into sin? 
It's more possible. Than, and if you don't think it can happen to you, you are a prime suspect for falling. If you think you're above it, that's called pride. And that goes before a fall. We all got to deal with our flesh. And you got some. I'm going to ask your husband or wife, and they'll tell me, you got some. I'm going to ask your children. I'm going to ask your boss. Or if you're a boss, I'm going to ask your employees. Everybody's got flesh. Everybody's got to deal with it. That's why the Bible talks about it so much. Everybody good? It says, if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are these. And then we're not going to go through them all. Um, but, you know, that's a list of, and it's a modern list if you look at it. If you ever, if you got my book, um, uh, No Longer, uh, what's it called? Shackled. Um, um, free, free from sins, controlled. Um, whatever it is. No Longer Shackled. Anyway, but I go through and I look at the, the, the original word, the Greek word. And um, Greek or Hebrew? Greek. I look at the Greek word. Sorry. I, I, I'm, I look at that and then I go through it. Like the very first one is pornonia. Does that remind you of a word? Adultery, fornication and adultery. Um, the very first word right there. I said we're not going to look at it. Now the works of the flesh are these. Adultery, fornication. So that word, that's a, one word for both of them. Pornonia. And you all know what it means. But that's all sexual sin that happens outside of a man and woman being married to each other and not doing everything else is under that work of the flesh. And they're all equally as bad. One is not worse than the other. They're all sins against the temple, your temple, against your body. Right? I'm not going to talk about it tonight. I'm just mentioning it. This is, this is Wednesday night. We don't want to talk. Okay, well, 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 but hang on with that one. It says, let's get to one you like. But the fruit of the Spirit, <laughs> but the fruit of the Spirit is, is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that, have and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, so you and I have to learn to do what? Live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. So it's a place that I can live, not visit. The deal is most Christians visit it on Sunday, sometimes only once a month now. You can't walk in victory visiting the realm of the Spirit in God once a month. You can't even do it if you are faithful to come Sundays and Wednesday and you were in Bible Institute. You, you, you can't even do this if you did it that way. You have to individually, I have to individually, because see, when I'm done preaching, the anointing to preach and teach goes off of me. And I got to live just like you got to live. I have, no, I, have, I have no angelic escort, well, except for my angel that hangs out with me all the time. Uh, you all got one too. But, but I'm, I'm not saying I have, we, we don't have any special privilege over than you do. We all have to learn to walk in the word. His word is spirit and life. We have to walk there and we have to live there. Because listen, when you're not walking there, when you're not living there, you're living and walking somewhere else. There's just two walks here. Either in or you out. You're either in the spirit, and it's not, so that's why I'm making such a big deal of this. It's not, so being in the spirit is not a tongue and interpretation. Being in the spirit is not running around the room, although we'd like for you to be in the spirit when you run around the room. 
Uh, you know, when you dance, when you rejoice, when you shout, yes, be, uh, but, be, be, but really that is more yielding to the Holy Ghost. When someone in, runs around the room, we trust they're yielding to the Holy Ghost. We trust when, 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 you know, laughter breaks out, we're yielding to the Holy Ghost. Okay, that's yielding. Given the manifested spirit, we're yielding. Remember I told you, it's like the Christmas tree is the Holy Ghost puts that on someone. On, even if the tree is a real evergreen, it's usually dead. And I know these days, you know, they give you in the ball of, uh, you know, with all the roots on it and still. But in our, back in our day, we cut that thing and we put it in water and it lived till about New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. And then we threw it away. I know that's wrong today. But anyway, but the point is, but in our house, we like the fake stuff. Hallelujah. Where we put the ornaments on it. That is like yielding to the Holy Ghost. That is like the manifestations. He does that. You, the tree, really don't have anything to do with it. You just yielded. In our circles, in our spirit-filled circles, we seem to always elevate those people who, who are yielders. But everybody can yield. What we need to elevate is the fruit of the Spirit, people. But that's not exciting. I know, but it denotes maturity. It denotes people who have put their time, they walk in the Spirit. They live in the Spirit. I believe we ought to be fruit trees that are all lit up. Using my examples. You can be a fruit tree all lit up, but just because someone is used of the Spirit doesn't mean they're fruity in a good way. Normally we say fruity in a bad way, but here fruity in a good way. I mean, you know, we, these, the, the nine fruit of the Spirit are not manifestations of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't put these on you. Just like, a, just like in the natural, the reason he calls them fruit is because they grow from the tree. You see, if you're going to have fruit, it's going to have to grow, and it's a proof that you're walking in the Spirit. Because can you, listen, can you tell if someone walks in, no, we're not going to tell someone, let's say ourselves. Can you tell if you're walking in the Spirit or you're not? It's as obvious as an orange. It's as obvious as an apple. It's either there or it's not. Can't make it up. Can't pretend. So when you, but see, the danger of not walking in the spirit, not living in the spirit is what you produce. And sometimes people think, well, it's okay. You know, everybody's got flesh and you can't, you can't, you can't live in the spirit and walk in the spirit all the time. Yes, you can. And see, that's wrong thinking. That's wrong thinking. That, that's what the devil would like you to think. That you can't live here, that you can't walk here. Because it is the will of God for you and I to produce all nine on a very regular basis. Are you all with me? Everybody, everybody here? I think you are. All right. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. So let's look at these nine. We're going to start. Love. What is that word? That word's agape. Now, if you go to Cornerstone Word of Life Church, if you're in Bible Institute, you know this one. If you've never been in Bible Institute, it'll start back up in August. And, and just going to the Love Walk class is, would be enough for the whole time, but all of the classes are good. But here, this word agape, everybody say agape. That's God's highest and best love. It means caring for and seeking the highest good for another person without motive or gain. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, we'll look at uh, 4 through 8 just for time's sake because 
I wanted, I wanted to get through these. We're not going to get through these. Uh, but charity or, or agape suffers long. You know what? We're not going to get through all of them. Put it up in the Amplified Classic anyway. We just, we just need it. Hallelujah. I think the reason that love is first because it may be the hardest. Hallelujah. Love endures long. How long? Longer than you think. And is patient and is kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. What kind of love is this? Agape. What is it? It's a fruit. What is it? It's a fruit. That means it grows in your life. This is not automatic. Well, every Christian ought to walk in love. Well, I know a whole lot that don't know how. I know a whole lot that don't know how. And they give the rest of us a bad name. Because see, God is love. And so since you're born of love, you ought to walk in love. But it's a fruit. It's not a gift. Well, you know, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Yes, it's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. The seed is there. But you and I got to learn to walk in it. Praise the Lord. Love is never envious, nor is bowls over with jealousy. It is not boastful. It is not vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited. So anyone that says they're a believer and they're conceited, uh, they're not walking or living in the spirit. It's not arrogant. It's not inflated with pride. It is not rude. Born again believers ought not be rude. They ought not be rude at McDonald's. They ought not be rude at Applebee's. They ought not be rude at Kroger. They ought not be rude uh, no matter what. They just ought not be rude. But it's a fruit. It's not automatic. And if someone's rude, they can't be excused as a believer because it's part of their culture or personality. Or I just got to speak my mind. Well, you, you need to learn to keep your mind quiet then. Because it's not rude. Everybody shout, love is never rude. Hallelujah. We might as well dig in and have fun tonight. Hallelujah. It's not rude. It's not unmanly. And does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Doesn't insist on it. You can have your rights or you can walk in love. Well, I can have both. Well, if you can, fine, but you got to walk in love first. Love, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Love, God's love in us does not insist on its own rights in its own way. It is not self-seeking. It is not touchy. This fruit that's in your life called love makes you not touchy, fretful, resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Hallelujah. It is not a rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Hallelujah. Love bears up. This fruit called love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. We, need, ooh, we can sure use some love. Hallelujah. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person, not the worst of every person. Hallelujah. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. Come on, let's have, let's have, let's, come on, this fruit of love, it's got to grow in us. How do we make it grow? Walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. All right? So that love, that, so this love, I'm going to give you a little preview. I I said it last week, and I'm not going to get to it tonight, um, because I want to get to this, and I want, I keeping your flesh under doesn't have to just be 
One part is crucifying it. That's true. One part is you keeping it under. But if you walk in the Spirit, if, I, if me, if I walk in the Spirit, then I will, one of the fruit I will produce is love. And if love is being produced in me, I'm a tree, and love is being produced in me, and the works of the flesh, one of them, uh, you know, uh, pornonia, if you're a married man, married woman, if, if you are operating in love and really walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit, then you will produce love, and it will push out and push away from you the work of the flesh called pornonia. Because if you really love God, if you really love God, because what is the commandment of love? It's the greatest commandment. Jesus said what? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with strength, might, soul, your body, and to love your neighbor. Well, there, you don't have any closer neighbor than you do your spouse. And if you're walking in love, it's not a feeling. If, if I walk in the Spirit, I will have... So, so if I need... It, and all of us have this. All the nine different fruit are at different levels in our life. But if I want to enhance one fruit, if I want to enhance one, if I'm having trouble with one, if, if, if my faithfulness fruit, you know, is big, like, and the, uh, you can see those from miles away, my faithfulness fruit. But my, but my, my, my love fruit is like little, little uh, dried up grapes. You know, it's more like, like I used to walk in love, but it's more like raisins instead of grapes, and they're not very big. What should I do then? Well, then I've got to dig into the Word of God about love. Because as I, as I walk in the spirit, Jesus said my words, their spirit and their life. So if I have a fruit that's not working, listen to me, if I have a fruit that's not growing, then I just got to get into the word in that area. Now watch this though. At the same time, I can almost guarantee you, because as I studied this out a number of years ago, and we're going to get to it, you and I, we're going to study this together, is that... Um, that I believe these nine fruits were meant to take care of. That's why they are right beside each other. The whole purpose of if you walk in the spirit, you'll produce fruit. The flesh and the spirit, they war against one another. Galatians talking to believers, the Lord knows you have a flesh and it has desires. And everybody in this room and everybody watching, all of our desires are different. So you as a believer shouldn't scoff at someone who has trouble with one and you don't. Well, blessed are you. But it doesn't mean they're inferior to you or you're better than them. It just means you, don't, you didn't have a problem with that. Everybody's got different levels of stuff that they come in with, and, and yet there's no excuse for you or for me to have any of the works of flesh operating in our life. If we do, if pornonia arises, I can tell you then your love fruit is not working. It's not existent. If one, if one of these works of the flesh is elevated, there's a cure for it. It's found in the nine fruit. The Lord has arranged this. So it's not just you trying to, in your willpower, do something about it. And then when you do, you get the glory. Glory to you. You're awesome. 
But if you'll start in the spirit, yes, there's some things. Paul said, I keep my flesh under. But who's the I? His spirit man. Not his soul. I, the real I. The real me. The boss on the inside. And when I feed on the word, what happens? The boss gets bigger. Right? When I renew my mind. When I, when I get my soul healed. When I get my emotions under control. What happens? Then it's two against one. I got my spirit and my soul against my body. Hallelujah. All this is working together. Are, are you with me? Let's look at another one. Let's look at, let's look at joy. Joy. This word is chara. Chara. The exaltation of spirit that comes from the presence of God. A spirit-given expression that flourishes best when times are strenuous, daunting, and tough. Well, that means we could use some joy. Hallelujah. We could use some joy. Are you ready for some chara? For some joy? Well, let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. There's all kinds of joy, but the joy we're looking at is the joy. I did find your word. I did eat it. It was the joy and the rejoicing of my soul. Joy, joy, joy. Uh, that exaltation of spirit. And so Colossians chapter 1, verse number 11 says this. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience, long-suffering with chara. Strengthen with all might. So I'm going to get the word of God. I'm strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto patience, long-suffering with chara, with joyfulness. And so this joyfulness as I get it. Um, and, and this one is coming from not just the word, but verse 9 talks about prayer. Prayer is getting into the spirit. Because the apostle Paul said, for this cause also, since we daily heard it, we do not, we not cease to pray for that you might be filled with all the knowledge of his will. Where's the knowledge of his will found? In the word of God. In all wisdom. Where's wisdom found? In the word of God. Where's spiritual understanding found? In the word of God. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful, being fruitful, being fruitful unto every good work. And it's almost like the, the same person wrote the Bible. Because he did. It's the Holy Ghost through different men, but it's the Holy Ghost. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. And so as I get into the word of God, as I pray, as I get in the spirit, then a fruit called joy is going to start working in my life. First John chapter one, first John chapter one, first John chapter one, verse four. These things write we unto you that your joy would be full. These things, 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, these things we write unto you that your joy. So if they're written for you and you read them and you take them in, when you take the word of God in, it should bring you joy. It should bring you joy. Maybe after you read it next time, maybe after you look at my daily bread tomorrow, because I know you're looking at it every day. I know you're doing it. I know I'm not writing it in vain. It's not just for me. I know you're all partaking. Just smile at me. I know you're getting it, right? You're getting daily bread. Hallelujah. The Lord said when I was praying about daily bread, because I kind of let it go for a little bit, he said, pick it up because it's for you. So I go, okay. And them. So, but he said it's for both of us. It's not just for me to write. It does bless me. I get something out of it. Um, I really do. Um, but, but as I read daily bread, then because it, it's the word, I'm giving you a scripture a day. And as I, around a subject, right now it's around uh, faith, what I did on Wednesday nights. 
here. And so, but when I read it, that I, when, I, when I get it, and when I, if I got it on the inside, there ought to be some rejoice. It, it ought to bring me joy. It ought to bring me joy. It ought to bring me joy. So this, this joy then, and we'll look at it later, then we'll get rid of one of those, like probably, I'm not sure about this one because I don't have my notes in front of me, but one of the, um, one of the works of the flesh is thumos. It's like thumos, it's like anger. It's a volatile person. Right? I keep bringing this up because, you know, everybody has probably a, a thumos person that you will not go to dinner with. You will not go to Dillard's with, especially if they're returning something. You, 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 you won't have, you, I, no, I've got something to do. We've all got somebody, you know, that has a thumos. What does that mean? They explode on people. As a believer, you should have no thumos. Right? If you, thumos comes from your soul, your body is agitated on a regular basis, about ready to explode. You think everybody needs a piece of your mind, that you're the only one that's right, and you've got your rights, and doesn't matter who it is, they're going to hear them. And if you get loud enough, they're going to do what you want. But you see, that's not, there's no fruit in that. <laughs> but joy, the more joy you have, then you're unshakable. None of these things move me. A bad situation comes up, and it's just the Lord's going to figure out how to work this out. I'm always reminded of one of my heroes in the faith. He tells a story. I'm sure I got my own, but since I'm thinking of his right now, you get it instead of mine. Um, I usually tell you a lot of my negative ones. I've told you a lot of my negative ones, but I remember uh, Brother Keith Moore was talking about, I heard uh, this testimony. I listened to him a lot, and uh, he was, uh, when he was commercial flying, um, something happened, and there was like all the, nobody was going anywhere. He had to get to a meeting. And he said he was up and the, the, the person behind the counter, everybody was going up and they were all yelling at him and screaming at him. And just because they want to get home. And, you know, I don't know what time of year it was, but he had to get to a meeting. He had to preach. And so, you know, there's this long line of, and this person behind the counter, one after another, being screamed at, being yelled at, being cussed at, you know. And all they're doing there, they're just trying to do their job, you know, try to do their best, you know. <laughs> Smile at everybody. They don't get paid $200,000 a year. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They're just listening and smiling. And then he goes up, and, and he just was kind, joyful. I know you're having a rough day, and it's going to You know, I don't know what he said. I've done it to people before. I, I know you're having a rough day, and it's going to be all right. I did, uh, there was a restaurant up on uh, here in Madison that just opened up, and there was a bunch of teenagers working in there. And, Lord, it was a mess. And the old manager inside of me wanted to put on an apron and get behind there and help them because nobody was leading, nobody was guiding, and it was a mess. And, ooh, there was, there, was, there was a whole lot of yelling and screaming going on. And this little girl, I remember her. I just walked up, and she, she was, she's a young teenager. And uh, I walked up to her, and I said, I said, it's going to be all right. In a few years, you'll have a real job. <laughs> Just hang in there. Just smile. It's going to be all right. This will be all right. You know, I'm sorry for all these people, but it's going to be okay. And she just looked at me and smiled, and I think, 
pushed some other things out of the way and went and got mine. Hallelujah. So uh, I didn't do it for that reason. I just really was trying to calm her down. She looked like she's gone ball. That's silly. People were so mean because they didn't get their food. Anyway. So Brother Keith. She, this, this is what those ladies said to him. She said, these people don't know. But I can help them or I can hurt them. And she said, go get your stuff. And she took him and I think Miss Phyllis. And they went behind doors they weren't supposed to go behind. And they went here and they went there. And next thing they knew, they were sitting on a plane getting ready to leave. And everybody else was just screaming, just hollering. What was that? I mean, he had, he had a real thing to do. He needed to go preach. That's real important. But even at that, there are some people, they get so, even ministers and preachers, they get so demanding. It's not godly. It's honorary. It's devilish. It's sensual. No, everybody doesn't know your name. And now they're not glad you came. <laughs> And yes, some people do know your name. And they just saw you show you're behind. Praise the Lord. Lord, help us to walk in the fruit. Again, this is not necessarily shouting stuff. But this, if we can, can get some further revelation, I'm believing for further revelation. For myself and for you. If I can learn how to produce more fruit in the squirrely world that we live in. A, it'll bless my life. It'll bless your life because you'll get rid of the works of the flesh. But fruit is also not just for you. It's for other people. And I guarantee you, thank God for miracles. How many know we're believing for signs, wonders, and miracles? But I'm also believing for love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, temperance. I left one out. But anyway, self-control. Hallelujah. All those. Faithfulness. We're looking for all them. And if you and I can produce them by walking in the Spirit, it'll help us, it'll bring glory to God, and it'll cause people to see the reality of who God really is. Yes, we want signs, wonders, and miracles. But in the middle of signs, wonders, and miracles, if we have no fruit, right? If we have, even the fruit of love. 1 Corinthians 13. Love walk one or two. I don't know which one it's in. But, you know, prophecy. If you, if you can prophesy and speak in tongues of men and angels, even added angels in there, men and angels, and you have not love, you're nothing but a clinging old cymbal banging so loud nobody can hear you. He's talking about the fruit of love. In contrast to if you gave your body to be martyred and you gave all your goods to the poor, but you don't have love, you're a nothing Worthless, it's not worth, useless, it's not worthless. Worthless, useless, nobody. God's word, useless, I added worthless. Hallelujah, because I guess we're not worthless. But, you, I mean, this is big. 
And, and you know, he may have elevated the loved one. We may know more about that. But if he feels that way about love, he probably feels similar about joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, kindness, temperance, faithfulness, all those. So you and I are going to work on them. So don't stay home on Wednesday nights because we're going to work on them. Because I guarantee you, when I obey God and teach this kind of doctrine, we get a move of the Holy Ghost with it as well. Amen. It happens all the time. Amen. It's the amazing thing to me when I do just even simple doctrine, how the Holy Ghost just shows up. So I'm expecting some good things to happen as we look, go through this on Wednesday nights. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.